Hello, hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Overpowering Emotions. We're in our summer series where we're working on building our kids' self-regulation, emotion regulation skills, so they can start the school year on the right foot. The first month is all about systems, ensuring we're modeling good behaviors, good emotion regulation, co-regulation, talking collaboratively. I'm still working on this piece today. I know we're getting deeper into the summer, but it's so important, truly, if we can change how we're responding to our kids, changing that loop of how we interact, it's going to make all the difference in the world. Uh, so I just today want to talk about how we're ensuring we have the right expectations. That's going to be so important. Uh, this is important really for any adult working with any child or teen. So whether you're a parent, an educator, a professional, this is going to be important. Do we have the right expectations in the first place? So first, let's look at what self-regulation looks like for our kids, depending on their ages. So for our preschool kids, you know, three to five, their attention span is really, really short. They rely on very explicit, very specific rules and strategies to guide their behavior. They have a hard time being able to remember behavioral expectations on their own, right? We do see that they can have delayed gratification. So, you know, they can wait a little bit longer for ice cream, you know, maybe for after lunch. They don't have to have it right now, but they really can't see past 20 minutes into the future. So telling them they have to wait till tomorrow or the end of the day that can be really stress inducing for them. They can really only see about 20 minutes into the future. So we, we do see a little bit more perspective taking and empathy, but it's still just emerging. Language, I've talked about before in previous episodes, it's now finally starting to help them manage their emotional responses. And so that's why we do a lot of coaching and prompting. They're little Jiminy Cricket. It's still, we are still the Jiminy Cricket. It's not internalized, but that's really starting to help them. Even if they start saying, oh, take a deep breath or, oh, don't touch the counter or the stovetop, right? They, they're starting to say those things out loud for themselves. In middle childhood, so early elementary, six to 10 years old-ish, that little Jiminy Cricket voice starts to internalize, right? They can start to talk to themselves. Um, they, they can start to make good decisions, should I do this or should I do that? Starting to think about how should I behave in the situation? They start to become a little bit more flexible. They're starting to manage their emotions a little bit better. They can also start to engage in some of that social problem solving here just a little bit better. Remember when I was talking about what the co-regulation supports look like, it's helping them internalize that voice and get to the flexibility and the social problem solving, and they are starting to develop those skills. And then we get into those tween and teen years that go into, you know, later uh, early adulthood. So that starts at about the 11 and 12 years. You've probably already seen that if you've got kiddos that age or you work with kiddos that, that age. They do have increased focus. They can start to self-monitor their behaviors, right? A little bit better, still not perfect, but they can see, ooh, I shouldn't have said that, or ooh, should I do this? Um, but uh, they should be able to follow rules, you know, and, and follow through with things that you ask them, follow rules, even if you're not right there in the room with them, they can try to make those decisions. They can learn and use strategies to manage distress on their own. Now, remember, their brain is very reward-seeking in these teenage years, and they're definitely going to make poor decisions in the moment, usually worse than when they were younger. So in previous episodes, I've talked about how stress totally depletes our kids' energy stores, right? And it depletes them, and they have nothing left to help them to cope with the situation, right? And they're going to do anything for that adrenaline rush, which is usually something aggressive, super impulsively dumb, 
lashing out, that's going to give their brain that huge rush of adrenaline. So every time our kiddo has to use their brain to remember things that they need to do to keep their cool, that pool of effort is depleted. So it's so much harder for them to follow through with things at the end of the day, for example, if, if, so as that day progresses, it's just going to be so much harder. And we usually see big meltdowns at dinner time. You know, I always ask parents, what are your witching hours or bedtime, for example. Now, any reminders that we're going to be doing, even if it's to help them, it comes across crosses nagging, especially when their battery is depleted, they're going to see anything we do even to help them is a nag. Okay. So we got to be careful. Go brush your teeth, go back your backpack, go do your chores. All of that's very depleting. And so they're usually better able, you know, when their battery is full. So when we're looking at self-regulation and the emotion regulation, we want to reserve and replenish those resources as much as possible. And there's a bunch of quick hacks that we can do to help get this going right away. And I think that's really important. Give a kid a snack, right? That's a huge example of how we are helping their resources. If they have low blood pressure, give them a juice box because that hanger is definitely going to be a problem. Routine exercise is so helpful. It boosts and maintains their energy. Having even just a 10 minute break during doing any sort of sort of a strenuous activity um, can be really important. So anything with a cognitive component can be helpful too. I'll do a whole piece on exercise in, in, in the future, but just a couple of points to remember, I think really important. When we think about movement, that increases the blood flow to the brain because oftentimes that blood just ain't flowing. It's not talking to itself. The emotional brain is always taking over. So that movement increases blood flow to the brain, which helps with attention, but it also helps reduce maladaptive behaviors. It helps reduce any aggressive outbursts, right? It helps increase the behavior we do want to see because the brain is talking to itself, which makes it easier to say, Ooh, how should I respond in this, in this situation? When we look at self-regulation, the physical activity with the cognitive component is most effective. Like I just mentioned. So what do I mean by that? You know, things like Taekwondo or yoga, but team sports, ball games, anything that requires strategy, because need, kids really need to practice skills that are related to those executive functions, right? So being able to think two steps ahead, for example, um, and managing the stress that's coming with those kinds of games can, can be helpful. Getting outside, super helpful. That totally boosts our energy. You can think in your own experiences what helps with some of these things. It can be really helpful to visualize their big why, you know? why are we working on this? Maybe they get to go to their friend's house later. Maybe that's important. Or, you know, then friends are going to want me to come. If I am a poor sport and I'm usually freaking out every time I lose and I throw the board, that's going to be a problem. So why I'm working on this is because I want to go and have a successful play date or whatever it is. Um, like I said, if blood sugar is too low, literally just having some juice can be really helpful. Practice. Practice is helpful. And I will be talking about that in another episode too, but you know, things that become so automatic, they don't even have to think about it. That helps restore some of their resources in their brain. If they don't have to think about it and there's books on this, right? I remember one author, I can't remember who it is, but he is a big, big author. Um, he talks about how he's got, you know, 10 white t-shirts, the exact same t-shirt, the exact same pair of jeans, the exact same socks, because he, he doesn't ever have to decide what I'm going to wear, because even just making that decision of what we're going to wear today depletes brain resources. So he doesn't have to think. So he's automating things. So how can we do that with our kids that I just, I get up, 
I wash my face, I get dressed, I go downstairs. I don't even have to think about it, right? That, that, that can be really helpful. Helping them with the positive self-talk before a task, during a task, that can be really helpful. Um, and we essentially, we're getting them to coach, you know, so that they can start doing that for themselves. Okay, it's just a, a, a bigger addition. It's just a, a two-digit two addition, just a bigger addition, just a bigger addition, just a bigger addition. I can do it. That self-talk can be really helpful. I've already talked about stress, rushing in the mornings. That adds so much stress to our kiddos. So one of the things we can really focus on is starting the day off right, right? If you're leaving the house stressed, they're going to be stressed and they are therefore not gonna learn. And it's just gonna deplete their energy stores even more to have very little for when they get home later. So maybe doing a quick connecting activity, a quick game of cards, doing a focusing or grounding activity, that can be really helpful for them. My husband is so good with like just little memes or uh, little gifs where he's, or little videos, you know, a little turtle getting his, his tummy scratched or something, just a quick little cute, ah, you know, we're connecting It's something sweet that can be really helpful and just creating a, a helpful environment for them to be successful. I always talk like Superman, right? Superman had to have his telephone booth. Sometimes we just need to have our telephone booth to bring out our inner strengths. Now I I've talked a lot about accommodations and the problem with that when we're talking about anxiety and how we're enabling anxiety, but accommodations can be helpful when we're using them in the right way. So when our kids are learning and practicing new, new skills, accommodations are so important. They become enabling when we are allowing our kids to avoid things that, that, that are hard for them, right? But when we're learning and practicing new skills, accommodations are so important. So if we're directly targeting the ability to regulate our emotions, maybe we're setting up the environment for them to be successful in the first place. So in previous episodes, I've talked about how my daughter, when she was 18 months old, she would say that she's frustrated and she'd go into the pantry and get her little bottle of water. So I always made sure it was accessible for her, you know, to be successful. She could go reach it. There was always water bottles there. She never, ever drank them. So it was super easy, right? So we're setting that environment up for her to be successful. She just always knew this was my automatic response of what I'm going to do. So regulating their attention in the first place, that's really dependent on external things happening around them. So maybe we're setting them up with an activity in the opposite end of the room from their sibling so that they're not having to worry about, you know, the compounding stressors that's going to be beyond their capacity to cope. Making sure their space isn't too cluttered because that can be really overstimulating. Maybe we're only making them do something for two minutes instead of 10 minutes, right? We're building up their success. Even with siblings, you know, we're like, oh, they're playing so good. And then we let leave them and just, we leave them long enough for them to fight, right? So maybe we're interrupting when things are going good. So maybe we're getting them to do things in the morning when their energy and their resources for that store is full. Maybe make, making sure they always just have water and snacks available you know, just to make sure that their blood pressure isn't dipping. Maybe we're there to supervise at first. Maybe we're making sure that there's other things or people in their environment that aren't going to get them distracted. That's going to make it harder for them, right? Just making sure that our kiddos are, are, are successful at first, giving them that telephone booth, right? So that they can be their own little Superman. And part of that's making sure that our expectations match what they're capable of right? And what they're capable of might be different in the morning compared to the end of the day, or different when their cousin is there versus when their sibling is there. So we need to think of the context as well. Things that are helpful for our kiddos to be successful is when they're working on things that they're interested in, 
when there's an immediate reward. Um, and it could be, you know, an enjoyment of the activity. It could be they're getting positive feedback frequently, right? Um, if there's someone there having fun with them, someone there to help supervise them, when there's really clear expectations, when they have all the materials that they need, when there's a nice calm environment. So we got to look at all of those things. It's way harder to learn skills, you know, when they have to do something boring, when it's going to take forever, when they don't see any relevance to themselves, there's no positive outcomes from doing it. They're not getting any feedback regularly, right? It's not important. It's late in the day. They'd rather be doing something else. They're left alone. There's uncertainty. How long do I have to be doing this? There's no structure, right? Um, maybe they don't have all the materials that they need. There's just too much noise and stuff going on in their environment. It's too overstimulating. So when we're looking at learning skills, it doesn't matter if it's frustration tolerance or if it's perseverance, if they're learning a math problem, it's important that we're giving them, you know, the right environment for them to be successful. And we're giving them something that's challenging, but also engaging. And we have to be flexible too. We're going to collaborate with our kiddos, give them choices, right? Giving them what's going to be motivating for you. Why should we work on frustration tolerance or emotion regulation? All of that's going to be helpful. So I'll leave it there for today. So I've talked about what we can expect, what's normal for uh, self-regulation, emotion regulation, and then making sure we're structuring our expectations around what they can do and also structuring the environment for them to be successful to learn those skills. So for this week, for homework, look for ways you can help reserve and replenish your kiddos' energy stores. And if you're working with families, you know, having parents be able to identify how can we do that, especially in the problematic times of day, right? How can they structure the environment for their kiddos to be successful, to be able to learn and practice new skills, even if those skills are frustration tolerance. And we're going to have lots of repetition and I will be talking about how we can set those up what skills when we get into the kids skill development what skills they need to learn specifically and how we can set that up now i've talked everything co-regulation we can finally move on to other things so we can support our kiddos with building their skills um i know we're getting closer to school now and i've spent a lot of the summer just talking about the parent co-regulation piece but truly like i've said before if we didn't work on that other those other pieces you know, nothing would change. So we really have to master our own ability to manage our emotions, to create opportunities for co-regulation supports, to respond in helpful ways, to create safety. When we can do all of that, then our kids will be in a great, great place to be able to learn their own self-regulation skills. So thank you for joining me today. Goodbye for today. Help those anxious kiddos be bold and courageous and all of your kids just regulate their emotions and I'll see you next week. Oh, 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 oh,